This evening, I want to share a word that I know will speak to you and will encourage you. And my message title for this evening is The Whisper of Faith. Now, I don't know if I need to say this word, but many of us have been through quite a experience with COVID and the pandemic and so many things have been shaken up and disrupted. And, you know, sometimes we have to try and make sense of all that God is doing. And I want us to learn something really key that will help you in your life now as an individual, as a family, as a church, as a ministry, and also something that will help you and take you forward into the future. And I want us to go to the book of Mark. And if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Mark. And we're picking up the story where Jesus is with his disciples. Uh, They've just seen Jesus do great miracles. They have seen Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, uh, feed the 5,000. They've been out on a ministry campaign and now they're tired. And they find themselves on a boat in the middle of a lake in the Sea of Galilee with Jesus. And it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves would obey him? You know, all of us in our lives and our ministry as family, as an individual, we will be faced with storms in our lives and storms that come in different shapes and sizes. And what does a storm really mean? A storm is a disturbed state of an environment. It may be marked by significant disruptions to the normal conditions and storms have the potential to harm our lives, to hinder us from what we're seeking to achieve to get in the way of what sometimes we believe should be happening in our lives. Storms are disruptors. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Any of you been through a storm? Well, if you've been through the pandemic in 2020, that was one big, long storm. Every time we thought it would get better, there was something else. Every time we thought there was some hope Uh, it seemed like there was another wave. In Mumbai, India, we didn't have just one wave. 
We had two waves and then they were expecting a third wave. And so it was storm upon storm upon storm. People's lives were wrecked. People's businesses have struggled. Ministries have struggled. It's been trauma and, you know, stormy weather right across the entire globe. But what lessons can we learn from the disciples who find themselves in a storm with Jesus in the boat? Now remember that the disciples had seen Jesus do mighty miracles. But when there was a storm that related to them and their livelihood and their well-being, all of a sudden they seemed to have lost that faith to believe that Jesus could bring them through. Uh, They were so concerned that Jesus was asleep in the storm. I mean... I want you to think about yourself on the boat in a storm. I've never quite been in a boat in a storm. But I can imagine from some of the movies I've seen just how crazy it must be. You want to do anything and everything to bring some stability. To try and get out of the storm. To try and find some safe place. There's panic. There's, hey, do this. Hey, do that. You know, there's always some confusion and there's chaos sometimes. And... In our homes, we have to face storms sometimes, whether it's financial challenges, whether it's relational challenges, whether it's just things that seem to be going wrong. We're trying to find God in the midst of that storm, and it feels like he's fast asleep. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? It feels like, God, if you were here, I wouldn't have to go through this. And that's exactly what these disciples were feeling and sensing. There was frustration. And, you know, there's Jesus. If he could feed 5,000, surely he can do something for us now. God often disrupts your life to get your attention. He sometimes allows storms and disruptions to come into our life because he wants to make an adjustment in our hearts and in our lives. And, you know, we need to be able to see through the storm, God, what are you teaching me? God, what should I be learning? Well, right now, God, I'm not interested in another one-on-one on how to be a better person. I just want to survive. I'm in a storm. But God wants to work with you, in you, and through you. And so when we see, when we experience, when we are faced with disruptions, which we don't like, which we don't want, which we don't need, Our usual leaning solution is, it's from the devil. It's from the devil. And if it's from the devil, if I just speak for it to disappear, it will disappear. If I just, you know, proclaim it and claim it, something will happen. But sometimes in the midst of storms, God wants to take us through storms because he wants to do something in us. And so what can we learn as the disciples learn through this storm? We've got to understand that in doing this, that we must know that he has fully equipped you with everything that you need to make it through a storm. Sometimes your marriage faces a storm. 
Sometimes your business is facing uncertainty. God, what should I be doing? How should I be doing things? For the disciples in this storm, Jesus was just with them. But I want you to understand the privilege that we have today as New Testament believers. Jesus was not just with them. Jesus is in you. What a difference. It's not that Jesus is with me. The Bible says his Holy Spirit dwells with in me. And so when I am facing a storm, the confidence and the certainty that you and I have is that Jesus is within me. And the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the storm. Amen. And so if we can begin to look at our life and say, God, it doesn't make sense. I'm not sure what's happening. But you are the anchor of my life. In the midst of this trial and tribulation and testing, I know that you are not just with me. You are within me. Your Holy Spirit dwells with me. You encompass me. And I love what the book of Hebrews in chapter 6 and verse 19, it says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. What is that hope? That hope is Jesus. Amen. That Jesus Christ is with you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, hey, remember, Jesus lives within you. His Holy Spirit dwells within you. Whatever you go through, he is going through it with you. Amen? So we've got to come to an understanding. If this is my walk with God, if this is the relationship that I have with the creator of this world, then I must trust God in the storm. I've got to learn to lean into him. And to know that God is faithful. And as God is faithful, so also we must be faithful to him. Jesus rebuked not just the storm. He rebuked the disciples. He said, oh, you guys of little faith. What was he really saying? Come on, guys. You just saw me raise the dead. You saw me feed the 5,000. You were with me when the miracles took place. And now you're worried about me not keeping you safe in a storm. Can we get this relationship sorted out? If you've got me with you, you're okay. And he said, oh, ye of little faith. Why are you so afraid? You see, it's so easy for us to exchange our faith for fear. You could be full of faith and almost in an instant be engulfed with fear. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Those emotions and feelings can be in our lives and are in our lives together. But we need to lean into our life of faith. And you can lean into your life of faith when you are trusting God and you know that Jesus is not just with you but in you, 
That's powerful. That's so powerful. We often talk about being full of faith. And I thank God for people who are full of faith. But I think from my understanding of God, what he is looking for is faithful people. Not every person who is full of faith is always faithful. You know what I'm talking about? You can be kalamashandaing today, and when the rubber hits the road, I don't know who this Jesus is. He's not met my needs. I don't want to know him. He's a God that doesn't do things for me. We expect Jesus to do some magic for us, you know, and just snap his fingers and makes things happen. Well, Jesus does miracles, but more than often or not, he's working in and through us to do those miracles. I love what Psalm 46 says. It's God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in times of Double trouble, triple trouble, any trouble, COVID trouble, pandemic trouble, who knows what will come tomorrow, trouble. God is our refuge and our, so he is a safe place and in that safety I find the strength. The reality is that you will face difficult times. But God promises to be our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. There was a person who was in a concentration camp, one of Hitler's, the Auschwitz concentration camp. And he said, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I'm alone. I believe in God, even when he is silent. Even in the midst of tragic circumstances, God is still present. Even when it's hard to see or perceive him. Here is a man facing the storm of his life in a concentration camp, And he is able to see God in every circumstance and situation. God never promises us a life with the absence of pain and suffering, tragedies or trials or fractured relationships and lost friendships, disappointments and disasters, betrayals and broken promises. Uh, Becoming a Christian doesn't mean to say everything becomes smooth sailing. I wish it was. If anything, becoming a follower of Jesus Christ means I have the strength and I have Jesus within me and all of heaven for me, willing for me to succeed in life, whatever may come up against me. Amen? Come on. Wouldn't you like a life like that? That you are strong enough to face whatever trial You need to whenever it comes. When you find yourself as you will sometimes in the midst of a storm or of a difficult time, you must be confident of the knowledge that Jesus is your only refuge. He is your ever-present help 
in times of trouble. To know that God is your refuge gives you the ability to trust him. The confidence to say, God, I can't make sense of what is happening, but I can trust you. So I want to give you four simple things, that five simple things that you can do. One, when you are faced with a storm in your life, perhaps some of you are facing difficulties right now. Lean into God. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy for us to first lean into our friends. And it's not wrong to expect our friends or to draw from our friends in our times of trouble. Thank God for friends who are faithful. But our first person that we need to turn to should be Jesus. David shows us that he was a mighty warrior, but he was a vulnerable worshiper. He was not afraid to allow God into the most intimate parts of his life and say, God, I'm really worried. God, I'm really stressed out about life. He was prepared to be vulnerable. He was not the Kalamashandai believer that in in public was, yeah, yeah, God can do anything. And behind the scenes was, I don't think God can do anything at all. He was vulnerable. He was real in his relationship with God. And he would go to God in his weakness and with his vulnerabilities. And he would say to God, God, I feel like you've forsaken me, but I know you haven't. I feel so alone, but I know that you are there with me. The Psalms, look at the contradictions where David says one thing and he then proclaims something else. So he acknowledges where he's at, but he says, but God, amen. And so often we just focus on, I feel so alone, God is so far away, I'm feeling so let down. And we forget the, but God, but Jesus, he's with me there. Lean into God. He faced situations which meant he needed a safe and secure place to be. He needed someone to be there for him when nothing was working. And David experienced victories in his life because he walked vulnerably before God. He was real about his challenges. Jeremiah verse 17, 7 and 8 said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. What kind of a man is he or woman? He's blessed. The word blessed can be replaced with the word Happy. A very simple word. Happy is the man who trusts in God. The second thing I want you to do is to learn from God's word. In the prophet Isaiah's days, the leaders put their hope and trust in lies and falsehood, what we would today consider as fake news, manipulated news, Facebook news, whatever news that is not quite real. And, you know, we need to put our hope in God, not the systems of this world, not in the lies or the fake news that creates a fear and can create uncertainty. Right now, apparently, in our nation, There is a shortage of petrol. Would you believe that? Fuel. Apparently we have. 
But our prime minister says there is no shortage. And you know what? He's right. There is no shortage of fuel. You're looking at me as though I'm, I'm giving you some fake news. The fuel is there. The problem is getting it to the petrol pump. There is no shortage of fuel in our nation. So what the prime minister says is true. What the newscasters want us to believe is like, you won't be able to get to work tomorrow. Go, you know, find as many empty cans as you can and fill up fuel. Creating fear and anxiety. We've been driving around a lot in this visit and on more than two occasions. Today to get here, we began with an almost empty tank at our first service. And we said, God, we need to get to see Darius and Wilma at 5 o'clock. And between 10 and 5, we need a petrol station that has some fuel. Past six that were empty. The seventh one, God had already told my wife which one we should go to, very close to where the church was. And sure enough, they were pumping fuel. Amen. When you trust God, you can begin your journey in faith and know that God will meet your need. Amen. And so learn from his word to trust him. Isaiah verse 40 and 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. We can trust God's word. The third thing we must learn to do in storms is to live and love God's people. Where God has planted you is where you will find some security, a safe place. This church where God has established you is your spiritual home. Even through the most difficult times. Don't think, oh, if I was somewhere else, perhaps I wouldn't face this difficult time. It's just a difficult time that you're going through and God's placed you here. Be intentional about building relationships with people. With people that you can trust, faithful people that you can journey through life. In this church, I know God has given each of you wonderful people to relate to, to love and to build godly relationships. The church is a home where each imperfect person is made whole in Jesus and lives their lives through the frailty of their humanity. A church, someone said, is a hospital for sinners, not a club for saints. And so, one of the things that we teach our people is come as you are. Don't come to church all fixed up. Just be real. Come as you are because the church is an environment where you will find and experience the love of God and people who will love you with all your crazy habits, with all the crazy things that you do, you will find a place of love and acceptance. And everybody said, Amen. The secret to successful relationships in churches is to lower your expectations of your neighbor and increase the expectations of your own life. Very often, We raise the expectations of our neighbor. Oh, you need to be more loving. You need to be more kind. You need to smile much 
broader when you see me. You only gave me a 50% smile last Sunday. So I'm really upset with you. I'm not going to sit next to you next Sunday. No, why don't you, if somebody gives you a 50% smile, you give them such a big smile, they need to put their sunglasses on. Go the extra mile. You change the expectations of how you live your life. Because when we do that, we are able to be there for one another, to stand together with one another, knowing that Jesus is in each of us and he is working in and through us to bring us through to a safe place. The fourth thing we've got to learn to do is to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. And so it's leaning into the leading of the Spirit in our everyday life, knowing that the Holy Spirit is with you, speaking to you, guiding you, showing you, leading you along the way. Because when you do that, you experience Even in difficult times, God leading you in and through those difficult times. Do you know, sometimes in times of chaos, we kind of lose perspective on where we should be going. We're not certain where north is, where the south is, where east is, where west is. We're just like your head's in a spin. How do you then know where you need to go? You need to lean in to the Holy Spirit and allow him in his grace and mercy To lead you through. I love what Psalm 23 says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Amen. Now David said, you are with me because that was the dispensation he lived in. But if David was writing that Psalm today, he'd say, you are in me. What a difference. God is not just alongside us. He is within us, so close to us. The fifth thing I want you to focus on, the most important thing, is to listen to the whisper of faith. Can everybody say that? The whisper of faith. Now, if you're a good tongue-talking, Pentecostal, charismatic believer, you have learned that the louder you shout, the greater the anointing and the more powerful the outcome and impact. Isn't that right? The closer I bring the mic and the more powerful it will be. Pow! Pow! Thank God for emotions and every culture has different emotions. You know, How you express things may be different to how we express things in India and Africa and Jamaica and whatever. And every one of them are acceptable to God. But you know, God doesn't need a PA system to hear us. God doesn't need you to be shouting at the top of your voice where you lose your vocal cords so God will come through to you. You don't have to hurt yourself to be heard by God. But when we learn to listen to the whispers of faith, the Bible tells us that Jesus was asleep in a storm. Firstly, tell me, how do you sleep through a storm? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't. I'd be freaking out. To be honest with you. 
my instinct would be to fix it, to make something go right. But Jesus is sleeping in the storm. Why was he sleeping in the storm? We'll discover. Instead, he just got up. He just got up, the Bible says, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm and the storm was gone. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Jesus is asleep. He gets up. He looks at the winds and says, shh, quiet. Wouldn't it be nice if your children listened to you like that? You just turn to them and say, shh. I'm watching my favorite Netflix right now. Shh. The other day I was talking to Alexa as you do nowadays. And I was asking Alexa for the news. And I said, let me see. Alexa, stop. And guess what? Alexa stopped. I thought, wow, she is so obedient. If only other people in my life were as obedient. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He had authority over the waves and the wind. God had put that authority in him. And he just got up and he just looked at the wind and said, shh, quiet. And then he looked at the stormy seas and he said, be still. And then he looked at his disciples and said, What's the problem here? Don't you guys know me? Have you lost faith in me? Where is your faith? His rebuke was not a loud, Storms be still. That's not, thank you. You are doing exceedingly well up there in Lithuanian. He just took authority over the situation because he had the authority. He knew who he was. When we understand who Jesus is, when you understand who is within you, and when you can comprehend, your brain can begin to connect with the truth that greater is he that is in you then he that is in the world, you can with the confidence and the authority of God speak to the storms in your life with the whisper of faith. Amen. Jesus, help me out here. Jesus, I know you're going to bring me through. It's painful. It's hard. It doesn't make sense. My life's all upside down. But I know that we're going to come through this. Amen. Learn to listen to the whispers of faith and not the noise of fear. Because when we do, we can take authority over the storms of our lives. I want you to know when God brings you through a storm, you will always find a calm. Always. And so it's something that I have learned. I wish sometimes I had fewer storms in my life and difficulties and challenges. But I just realized now about 20 years on in my relationship with Jesus, it's part of the package. It just happens to come. And so when I see a storm, I'm learning to lean in and to do all the things that I'm sharing with you. I'm still learning. I still freak out from time to time. I still lose my cool and then I think, no. Jesus is in charge. I can trust him. 
When God brings you through a storm, you can choose to move up and on or you can stay and pray and you will be able to make it to the next storm. And we shouldn't live our lives from storm to storm. We should be prepared to step out and up and become stronger. And I was telling our church at the start of this pandemic, and this has been my mantra right through, we've got to come through this current storm in our lives stronger, bigger, better, and bolder. Amen. Whatever it is that we are facing Things happen to us because of what we do to ourselves. Things happen to us sometimes because of what God allows. Things happen to us because of what others do to us. There are storms that you create, but his mercy allows you to make it through. There are storms where God allows them in your life and he brings you through by his grace And there are storms that other people inflict upon you. And he gives you the grace and the strength to endure. Whatever the challenge is, whatever the difficulty is, whatever the storm is, the confidence that I have is that he is my ever-present help in times of trouble. Amen. So never negotiate with the devil. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He's a fraud. Stay focused on what God's word says. Whatever the situation that you are facing now or perhaps might face, know this, that God will never let you down. Can you tell your neighbor that? Say, I want you to know, whatever you're going through, God is not going to let you down. He's not going to let you down because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Come. Let's come before the Lord this evening. I trust that God has spoken to you. And as we come to the close this evening, if you're online listening, perhaps right now or later on, or perhaps you're here and you're facing something of what you would consider to be a storm. I pray what I've shared with you this evening from God's word will speak right into your heart. I pray that you would learn to trust God like you've never, ever trusted him before. I pray that your understanding would be in sync and in line and in keeping with God's word. You know, we all go through such horrible times, but God is with you. He's for you. He's there with you, even in the worst of the storms. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Let's just worship for a moment.